Welcome to our next episode of the Five Moments of Need Performance Matters series. This is Bob Mosier, one of the many co-hosts you'll meet throughout this series. So friends, are you trying to learn more about the Five Moments of Need? Maybe how to design for them, implement for them, measure them, and even sell them as an approach to your enterprise. Well, in the Performance Matters series, we will help you better understand the theory and best practices behind this powerful methodology. Greetings, Bob Mosier here, one of your co-hosts of the Performance Matters podcast series. It is so wonderful to have you here. We hope this finds you safe and well. I'm told it's not appropriate to date podcasts, but I sort of feel responsible to do that in this case because we're in the holiday season. Uh, We do so appreciate your listening in on the podcast. We hope you're subscribing and finding it helpful. As we wrap this year up, we would love to hear what you think. We're well into our 60th or 70th podcast by now, and we'd love to hear ways we can do it better, ways we can add other topics or things that are on your mind that you'd like us to discuss or find experts or others that we can involve or interview on this podcast. So please, by all means, let us know. We're going to go off on a topic today that's a little bit of interest in our industry today and one that actually has been top of mind for us because it really has us a little anxious. And it's this whole skilling idea. We recently went to a large conference and asked how many people in the room, there were several hundred folks in there, how many were involved or will be involved in a skilling initiative. And 90% of the room raised their hand that they were involved in what we are calling in our industry reskilling or upskilling. We want to kind of run at that today because what it has us a little anxious about, friends, is we've been down this road before. I don't know how many of you are old enough in this industry to remember efforts in what was called competency modeling that we tried to do a while back. And again, what I want to be careful of here throughout the whole podcast is it's not that these initiatives are bad. It depends on how we do them, right? How we design for them, what the outcomes become that we're judged by. And I think many would argue that the whole competency modeling effort was kind of a failure for many because it just really didn't get the uptake after how many millions of dollars invested in competency modeling programs and consulting and initiatives. I don't know if organizations, we don't know if organizations got the uplift around what true competencies could have meant. And I'm going to sort of start there because frankly, I don't even know if we define them well. When we get into this whole skilling thing, do we truly know what we're getting into again, or are we going to repeat mistakes of the past. Did we take competencies far enough, friends, would be my argument. I was involved in many of them. And what I found, and frankly, what I also did, was that I didn't take competencies deep enough into context. If I've learned anything in this work, in workflow learning, is that it is all about the workflow. And I don't know if beyond lists of competencies, general broad lists of competencies based on roles, that we took it deep enough into beyond rules, as we talk about in this podcast frequently, are defined by workflows. And until you bring context into content, efforts like competencies, effort like skilling, reskilling, upskilling, whatever skilling you're calling it, has high potential of failing if we don't go far enough. So let's dial it back a little bit and start with the definition. Those of you who've listened to me in these podcasts before know that I am a huge fan of vocabulary. Because if I've gone awry in my professional journey, and I think our industry has gone awry in certain areas, it's that we don't define things well. We we throw terms out. We begin trends. We begin initiatives. Don't get me started on microlearning. It's one I bash all the time. And again, not to bash microlearning as an initiative, but to bash microlearning because the reality is I don't think we know what it is. I honestly don't, friends. I think if you put 10 
learning professionals in 10 different rooms and asked them what microlearning was, they would tell you eight different definitions. Again, not blaming microlearning, but frankly, putting some of the blame and responsibility back on us for not defining things well. And guys, what do we mean by skill? What that, when we say we're going to bring skill initiatives into our organization, what do we mean by that? What is one? Well, I went to the place that I thought would be most helpful. I looked it up. I went to the old dictionary, right? And I found that it says, quote, the ability to, here's some important words, use one's knowledge effectively and readily, here we go, in execution or performance. There's that word, performance, right? Again, the ability to use as in verb, right? As in action, one's knowledge effectively and readily in execution or performance. So for instance, I've looked at some initiatives. I've looked at some outlines. Understanding isn't a skill. To understand something is not a skill. It is the knowledge that is effectively and readily used to execute a skill. And in our vernacular, friends, a skill is a task. A skill is something people perform. You judge skills by performance, not by knowing, not by knowledge. Now, do people have to know stuff to perform? Guys, you've heard this before from us a hundred times. Of course they do. We call it supporting knowledge. You have to know stuff to go out and perform. I get that. But the reality is I've seen some outlines and we're mixing it up again. We're putting knowledge-based things in our skill performance-based outlines. So backing up to 101 in this, friends, we have to be sure we are clear when we sit down to do skill analysis, or what we would argue is workflow analysis, we'll talk about that in a moment, then we have got to pivot on execution and performance and the use of knowledge. When someone sits down in a job and they perform a skill, it is observable, it is the execution, and it is performance. And absolutely, I get it, it is supported by knowing stuff. And we will still teach, train, make knowledge available. But information is not a skill. So here's the question, friends. Will we get down to the task level when we define these things? Or will it just be a collection of doings? There's a theme here. Effective instruction, we would argue and have in many podcasts, doesn't happen until it transcends into the workflow until it's defined by tasks performed in the workflow. And what I'm getting anxious about, some outlines I've seen of some skilled programs, is we put the word sales rep up on a whiteboard, and then we list all the skills, by the way, some of it's knowledge in these lists, that a sales rep performs. Friends, that's not enough. Because two things will happen. Number one, a lot of those what they perform are way too broad. And therefore, we teach them and cast too wide of a net. They have to sell. They have to close a deal. Well, wait a minute. Close a deal is a fairly broad area. Is that a skill? Or are there skills below closing? Are there tasks below closing a deal that we have to get down to? And then, of course, lastly with this is if we don't take those skills beyond a list of things that SMEs tell us are important, maybe needed to be performed, if we don't contextualize them into a workflow, when we go to teach support these different skills, in our programs and our solutions, we will never get transfer because we won't get specific enough to the workflow itself. So we have to consider the workflow. We have to get down to workflow analysis of the skills slash tasks that are performed. And of course, we support those with supporting knowledge and information that helps them get there. So if we get to the point where we as an industry, 
hopefully can define a skill so that we do it well and we understand the observable nature of it, the things that make it performed or executed so that we can judge whether someone has a skill or not, ROI, right? To one end, friends. When you sit down to discuss skill programs with those you serve, I'm going to throw two words at you that sound like I'm splitting hairs, but I'm really not because I think they beget different outcomes. They will allow us and challenge us to create two very different deliverables. Number one, skilled. I get the up and re part, right? Upskill, reskill. But to what end? Do we want people to be skilled? Or listen to this. Do we want them to be skillful? It sounds like I'm just throwing on different words. But actually, again, I looked them up. Listen to this, friends. Skilled, by definition, is having acquired mastery of a skill in something. Mastery. If you know our vernacular, if you've seen Train Transfer Sustain, friends, when it comes to the five moments of need, mastery is not competency. Mastery alone is not application. Moments one and two support someone to become skilled. And, and friends, if you've heard us talk about this enough times, we're not saying that's not important. Moments one and two are part of the five moments of need. You have to be skilled to become, here's my second word I want to challenge you with, skillful. Skilled versus skillful. Listen to skillful. Listen to the definition of skillful. Possessed of or displaying skill, accomplished with skills. You hear the difference? Skilled, having acquired mastery of a skill in something. Skillful, possessed of or displaying a skill and accomplishing something with a skill. I don't think that could be more perfectly laid out. Skilled is moments one and two. I became skilled in accounting, friends, in college. I got an A in the course. I showed mastery. I might even have demonstrated some skills in the course. But friends, I can't do your taxes. Why? Because I never took my accounting knowledge, the degree which I had been skilled in it, and became skillful, and here's more important, remained skillful in it as accounting changed. Do you see some parallels here? Skilled, one and two, mastery. Skillful, apply, change, and solve. Moving out to where we apply. So why am I splitting hairs? Because friends, we have to sit down with those we serve when we design these skill solutions. Notice I didn't say course because it's not just a course. We all know that. If you listen to this podcast, it's all about the digital coach. It's all about transferring into the workflow. But here's my, here's my concern, friends. And again, I've seen outlines around this. We are already cornering ourselves in the skilled market. And there's going to be plenty of skilled content out there. But unless we as an industry, and for those you serve, you move into skill full, the transfer, the displaying of, the accomplishment, the remaining current in a skill, we will stop at skilled, We'll give pre-tests and post-tests. We'll do skills gaps. Do people not know a skill before they start the course? Do they display it or know it after they stop? Guys, and, and we're going to be in the exact same situation we've been in forever in everything. We will not cross that powerful line into apply and into the workflow. This is a brilliant opportunity, friends, for us to use this new trend to set a new bar 
in the way we design things. A lot of people ask us, Bob, how do you guys journey into being allowed to do five moments? How are you able to introduce a digital coach? Well, friends, the door has been open for us in this whole skill initiative because it's new. Organizations are waiting for us to help define it for them, to build solutions for it, get in the deep end with this one and drive and direct the dialogue and challenge those who come in your office and want you to do reskilling or upskilling programs and say these words, friends, to what end? When we're done with this, what will success look like? Will we have skilled people, quote, having acquired the mastery of a skill? Or will we have and will we sustain skillful performers who, quote, possess or display a skill and accomplish things with a skill? I think it's just a stunning opportunity. But friends, there's a lot of quicksand out there. And I've been down this road before. We've been down this road before. We have to be super careful to not repeat things of the past and to walk through this door we have open to us to really introduce these powerful ways of approaching new solutions. Now, methodology begets solutions, right? Here we go. We have to, at the same time then, friends, if we're going to shift from skilled to skillful, if we're going to take people beyond just skilled into skillful, we have to have a methodology in which we design things, and you've heard us hammer this before, Eddie is not going to get you there. Now, you know, in our vernacular, we have enable, E-N-A-B-L-E. That is our approach that Dr. Con Godfordson spent 50 years of his life perfecting so that we can move into a workflow learning, task-based, skillful delivery in what we do. But we've got to adopt new methodology. Now, what also comes with it? Well, friends, we have tools. <laughs> we are an industry of tools. Things like LMS may sound familiar. E-learning may sound familiar. Zoom, Teams, those are the hammers in our toolkit. They help us build things. So let's do this, friends. If we're going to change our methodology to enable or a workflow-like approach, we have to also then use our tools differently or maybe better yet, understand what they do. Tools have to be designed with and orchestrated well. A lot of you know blended learning. You've heard us pick on it before. And we've argued all along that I don't know if back in the 90s when we first challenged ourselves with blended learning, if we truly made it, designed it. I would argue once I looked at it through the lens of the five moments in my career and I was in the thick of a blended learning initiative at the time that I realized I had not made blended learning. I had made blended training. And there's a difference. I had mixed up moments one and two stuff. I had used moments one and two tools, e-learning, coaching, the classroom. Those are, frankly, and by the way, they're stunning at this, and we should use them appropriately. But I used moments one and two tools to design a mix or a blend of blended training. I did not use them or go beyond them to create blended learning. And the exciting thing about the world we're in today, friends, is we have tools that let us do this in ways like we've never had them before. Our toolkit is more sophisticated than ever. Now, at the same time, it also can get complicated. So methodology begets technology. Methodology begets technology. Technology in and of itself in my career has never in and of itself gotten anything 
new or different, candidly. In fact, when I've taken a tools-first approach, they have died in the vine for me. Anybody remember Second Life? Familiar, by the way. And again, like always, I'm going to come back to, I say this all the time, I'm not going to blame my hammer for not driving a nail. I'm going to blame the carpenter for not swinging the hammer right. <laughs> right? So I don't blame Second Life for how it, for many of us, petered out. What I blame is our approach to it, our design of it, the methodology we applied to it. That's where, in my opinion, that promising virtual world failed. So here we go again, friends. Another trend. Now we're talking skills. Tons of tools out there. And yet another opportunity for us to use them wisely. Blend them wisely. Orchestrate them wisely. So I'm going to be careful where I go next because this is, this is a colleague speaking to you as a colleague, right? So I'm going to give you how we currently or I currently see the focus of these skills. Now, I am not saying this is right or wrong, honestly, friends, but what I am going to challenge you with is make your own list. Understand the hammer to the nail and the saw to the board and understand when to use either and what you get with either. So for me, for me, on the skilled side, remember the mastery side? I think the LMS, e-learning, virtual platforms, the classroom, obviously, content repositories like SharePoint and others, and even VR and AR platforms are stunning at skilling people up. Those are five and there's more, right? I think remarkably powerful tools that when used well and focused on what they can do best, help with the skilled side of this. Remember, the skilled side of it, just to review, is having acquired mastery of a skill. So we got to get there. I get it. Moments one and two. But when we move into skill full, possessed of or displaying a skill, accomplishing with a skill, a marked difference than skilled, I think we have a whole different set of tools that we need to target there. Obviously, you know our bias because we've seen it work brilliantly and incredibly well with high impact, high ROI on the skillful side, and that would be a digital coach or an EPSS. It has to lead the way. It has to be the tip of the sword. Like the LMS, frankly, in e-learning, classroom maybe, are the tip of the sword on the skilled side in a digital domain. We would argue and we have seen and we have used EPSS, Digital Coach, as the tip of the sword on the skillful side. Now there are others. There's knowledge management platforms out there. There are collaborative platforms for coaching and mentoring. LXP, we would argue, clearly falls in this area, although I'll show my bias. I think the jury's still out on the LXP and you're really using it well. But again, back to my Second Life example, I'm not blaming the LXP at all. The implementations I have seen, and again, this is my view of the world, friends, are underwhelming. And that's not the tool. It's not the tool. It's the design. But I think it shows tremendous power, tremendous potential on the skillful side. Chatbots. AI engines. These tools are incredibly powerful on the skillful side. So the blend, friend, the orchestration can be, I'll go back again, on the skilled side, LMS, e-learning, virtual content repositories, VR, AR, right? Although, again, that last part in particular, the machine learning, that world, oh boy, lots to do there. Lots to talk about there. But in current state, kind of where I see it fall, on the skillful side, 
EPSS, Digital Coach, leading the way. Knowledge management platforms, collaborative, LXP, chatbots, AI engines, these kinds of things, friends, help us blend. Now, again, I'm not saying that's the list. My point here is to go back to where this started. If we're going to meet these skill initiatives, friends, we have to know a couple things. Number one, what do we mean by us skill? Do we analyze for them well? Workflow analysis, task analysis, critical skills analysis, things you've heard us talk about in the world of this domain. Do we design for them well? Do we move away from Addy and into a different world that lets us truly design for a workflow-based five moments of need solution? And then lastly, do we take the tools in our toolkit? Because friends, if I may, all those things I mentioned before have to come ahead of the tool. If you don't do all the things I talked about earlier, tools get applied poorly and incorrectly. So once we've done all the analysis, all the methodology, we've defined skills in the skilled and skillful workflow domain, then do we go into our remarkable toolkit and do we orchestrate and blend them well based on understanding what gets skilled as an outcome and understanding what gets skillful as an outcome. Friends, this is such an important dialogue. Going into 2023, we've got to get this right. Or some, frankly, scary or dangerous things can happen for those that we support. And that's where we have to learn from our past. We have to understand what's in front of us and works best and do what's right in these initiatives. And friends, we are the learning professionals. We have to drive this dialogue. Like I would expect a doctor to drive a medical discussion. <laughs> learning professionals need to drive a learning discussion. And what is skilling is on the table for us to direct and do the best job at. Friends, we hope this has been helpful. Again, the most happy of holidays. We wish you all the best, a happy new year. And we're very excited to go into 2023 with further podcasts that we hope will help. And in the end, lift you in the work that you're doing. Be well, be safe. Bob Mosher here, thanks. Well, that's it for this episode of the Five Moments of Need Performance Matters series. We look forward to future conversations around how to best put the five moments of need into practice. We welcome your feedback and can be reached on Twitter using my Twitter handle at BMOSH, as well as our Five Moments of Need website, which is www.5momentsofneed.com. We hope you're finding these helpful and will subscribe to future episodes. Have a great day, friends.